Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. from Oklahoma, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's Friday, August 10, 2018. Today, we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 94. We're on that first paragraph that says, Outline the Program of Action, and we'll just be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Esther F., 12 Traditions, Tenzin P., the readers of the text, Barbara E., Hoodie R., Carmela G. And the reference numbers for Thursday, yesterday, August 9th, 2018, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 11768, 11768. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11770, 11770. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Esther. Good morning, and good morning, everybody. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Esther F. Next up, we will have Tenzin P. reading the 12 traditions. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning. Um, These are the 12 traditions, the short form of the 12 traditions. The the, uh, long form is just after them in the big book. 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group has each group should be autonomous, except in manners affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tenzin. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. With that being said, please somebody press star 1 because I heard somebody clearing their throat. Okay, so today we are going to resume the study of the big book. We're on page 94, we're on that first paragraph that says, Outline the Program of Action. We're just going to be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And I will have Barbara E. start us off. Hey, Barbara. Hey, thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service. And good morning to my sisters and brothers from another mother. Outline the program of action, explaining how you made a self-appraisal, how you straightened out your past, and why you are endeavoring to be helpful to him. It is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. Actually, he may be helping you more than you were helping him. 
make it plain he's under no obligation to you, that you hope only that he will try to help other alcoholics when he escapes his own difficulties. Suggest how important it is that he place the welfare of other people ahead of his own. Make it clear that he's not under pressure, that he mustn't, he needn't see you again if he doesn't want to. You should not be offended if he wants to call it off, for he has helped you more than you have helped him. If your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, you have perhaps made a friend. Maybe you have disturbed him about the question of alcoholism. This is all to the good. The more hopeless he feels, the better. He'll be more likely to follow your suggestions. I'm so glad we only read one paragraph. I underline practically every single word in this paragraph. I know that for me, I always explain to a prospect how I got abstinent and stopped white-knuckling my way through life and food. I explained how I identified what my red light foods were, and after identifying them, I picked a food plant totally free of those red light foods the foods I'd go to when I was feeling anxious, overwhelmed, annoyed, frightened. I explained how at some point I had to scrape some of the barnacles off the leaky ship Barbara and make amends for some of the harms that were weighing me down mentally, physically, and spiritually that perhaps were undermining my physical recovery from compulsive over and certainly were still on my mind. I explained how working with others in the program was actually helping me to maintain my abstinence and my improved outlook on the world, to stop saying, poor me, if your life was like mine, you'd eat too. Perhaps I've disturbed him about his problem with overeating. The more, peopless, the more hopeless people feel, the better. But explain how this program has enabled me to look at the world around now and see beauty and joy and possibilities and hope. I talk gently to a prospective member without sounding like a zealot zealot or fanatic. I don't mention religion or spirituality at this point. If they're interested or curious, that'll come later. Right now, it's about our common predicament, our obsession with food. I'm very clear to them that for me, compulsive overeating is a, a deadly disease that has plagued, plagued me my whole life and caused me to go back to the same insane overeating food behaviors again and again. I tell them I'd be happy to give them my phone number and to call me if they wish to discuss more about the program. In fact, they could call any of us, but they were under no obligation to call me or anyone. However, if they think they might possibly be a compulsive overeater, my suggestion is always to attend a few more meetings and then possibly make a decision to give OA a try. That's what I did. I was skeptical that anything could help me, but I was curious. I was desperate. I was much beaten down. I had children that I wanted to be there for, and I wanted to be a part of life. 
tell them that when I walked in 20 years ago, I was feeling more helpless. Time. Oh, my timer. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara Eve, for sharing. So who would like to share on the paragraph that Barbara just read? This is Larry Kay. Larry? Lisa B. Lisa B. This is your chance, everybody. Janice. It's too hard to get on. Go ahead. No, Janice PM. Hi, Janice. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else? Melissa C. Melissa C. Carolyn S.H. Carolyn S.H. Well, I guess we will just stop there. We got five, and it's a good lineup for now. So I have Larry K., Lisa B., Janice P.M., Melissa C., Carolyn S.H. Make sure you guys remute your phone, press star one so we can have a nice quiet meeting. We will get started with Larry K. followed by Lisa B. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. You know, it says maybe you have disturbed him about the question of alcoholism. This is all to the good. The more hopeless he feels, the better. He will be more likely to follow your suggestions. I'm going to zero in on that. So what the big book is teaching me here is I do well to focus on the hopeless futility of trying to rely on my unaided willpower. And the thing is, I, I am biologically mandated to eat because of the allergy, and I can't, uh, I can't stop from starting because of the mental twist, and they call this the, the double whammy, the allergy and the mental twist. They, they both seal my fate. I'm doomed unless I can access a power source. I used to like to go to, to, to the stores where I could get my heroin foods fast. I, I liked Walgreens and CVS and those types of stores, if you have those. And I, because I wanted my excitement quickly, you know, in and out of my, my, my crack house, if you will, with no hassle. I was kind of like the, the, <laughs> the ninja warrior of binging. You know, how quickly can I get my food down my gullet? You know, I wanted to get rid of the evidence the wrappers had to be disposed of, you know. And this had to be an efficient mission, you know, that towards oblivion here for me. Nothing else in my life brought me so much excitement. And the shame and the guilt and all that, well, that, that'll come later. But for now, you know, I'd willingly succumb to this slavery, and that's what it was. Because I, I wanted 10 seconds of bliss. I'm shooting for a few seconds of oblivion. And, you know, my failing marriages, my failing job, my failing body, you know, no matter. They'll, they'll be waiting for me. Food was my master, see. And that's the vicious cycle of hell that I, I used to live in. I don't live in that anymore. But that's the, the life of a compulsive overeater. You know, I was, I was scooping out the dirt of my grave with a fork, and I was smiling and crying at the same time. And that's what the life was. It was hell, and, and I was doomed. 
And the sooner that message was brought to me that I was screwed, I was doomed, I could not extricate myself from that, no matter how hard I tried. And I read all the books. You know, I, I, I knew everything, all the twists of, you know, of the mind and so forth and all of the different, you know, techniques and things. And none of that would work for me because I was biologically mandated to pick up the food. I had an allergy to the body and I had that mental twist. And I would go on and on and on and I would continue. My body got bigger and bigger and I was about 100 pounds heavier at my heaviest. And my life is not that way anymore. But I, I focus on the fact that this, this disease will, there's my timer, this disease will kill you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Next up, Lisa B., followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. This one paragraph is so meaty. Um, I like that word endeavor, and that means attempt to achieve something. And that's, that's all I can do is just, you know, try to be helpful to him. And to be helpful is my only aim. And I am doing this because it helps me save my own butt. Um, and I do share that with people. I love talking with newcomers, and I thank them always when they answer the phone because often that, that call to them, I, sometimes it helps me, I'm sure, more than it helps them. Um, but it's, it's a practice I had to learn. I had to learn how to be helpful to others, how to get kind of like a, a nutshell explanation of, you know, what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now. And um, helping them to see, are they a real compulsive overeater? And um, so when it says endeavor to be helpful, it's important that they realize um, they may be helping me. Um, but, but it says, uh, suggest how important it is that he plays the welfare of other people ahead of his own. And one of the things that happens for me when I work with others is that I am reminded of these words every time I reread them with a, with a sponsee or a, a protege. I don't know if they're hearing it. I don't know if they're hearing these words, you know, but I'm hearing them again and again. And if I could have that same desperation in learning to how to endeavor and how to share a message, the same desperation I had is when I came on this line of um, when I wanted to get a sponsor and get recovered and just stop feeling the pain. Um, If I could carry that on into this 12th step, that's a good thing. Prospecting for others, other newcomers, other protégés is like prospecting for gold and diamonds. Um, and let's see here. If my talk has been sane, quiet, and full, I don't want to get that shrill sound in my voice of like, oh, you know, you've got to see this, you've got to see that. I want it. Just like when I share in this line, I really want to try and be calm because when I first came on this line, I would every now and then hear someone with that shrill screaming at me on the phone, and it just, I can't stand that. But only my higher power can help me have that same quiet, full of human understanding, because I'm naturally a very, very self-seeking, selfish person. And perhaps I've made a friend, you know. That's wonderful, because what I'm sharing with them, they may not hear it now. They may come back months or years later, but I want to try and always have a friend. And the goal is to disturb them, because I know for me, I was asleep you know, asleep and living life for decades and not even knowing how um, sick of a person I really was as a compulsive overeating eater. And that's why the special editions, that's why you guys, everything really helps to break through 
that denial. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa B. Next up, Janice P.M., followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Kelly. <clears throat> Kelly S. and everyone on the line. My name is Janice P.M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Um, yeah, outline the program of action. Now, this is new. You know, uh, this is new. You don't, as a sponsor, we don't get we don't get um, abstinent and then try to help somebody else get a spiritual awakening because that's the purpose. I don't give anybody a spiritual awakening. Nobody gave it to me. They, I had to go through these steps first, you know. And it's funny when you sponsor, you know, you get somebody through, you know, you guide them, you take their hand, you help them through this. And then they say, well, I don't have any time to sponsor. I said, oh, you don't? You don't have any time, but you had time every day to come and get it. So, you know, now the promise is here. You've got the promise, the result of these steps, um, which is a spiritual awakening. That's the gift. You can't hold this gift. You have to give it away. You know, you were here every day. Now you can't do it. And a lot of people say, oh, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm too afraid that I'll hurt them or, you know, that I'll say the wrong thing. Well, of course, you know, you're not going to say the wrong thing um, <clears throat> because God has given us this power. Nobody else has this power um, except another compulsive overeater that's recovered. That's our job. That's the gift that God gave us. You're not going to hurt them. They're going to be hurt if they don't do it. So, you know, these are all excuses, you know. So um, you're going to help yourself. And this is what what it's all about, helping somebody else. You know, this is telling us the same thing, outline the program of action. When? When do I do that? We just read, you do it after they know the problem, the first three steps. Then you do it after they, they you know, have come to a relationship with themselves, when they get the solution, and then you show the alcohol, the compulsive overeater, the program of action. You don't do it from step one to step 12 because you have to go through it yourself. Um, so, you know, and it's uh, just as valid today, working with another compulsive overeater as it was in 1939. It's the same thing. We don't have to do anything, just exactly like this book tells us. The promise of having had a spiritual awakening is my responsibility to carry this message and you know you tell them you tell them how um you know you think differently uh you feel different i feel love i feel patience you know um i i believe more things differently i can do things differently i'm not eating through the death of my husband i mean hello <laughs> i mean i don't know thank you um that's my timer so um this is what you do you do it gently friendly and you let them go i mean it's not and that's nothing big. You just tell them your experience. Nobody's better than your own. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janice PM. And next up is Melissa C., followed by Carolyn S.H. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, Yeah, so, like, even in the very early conversations with others, um, we're already talking about um, putting others first. Like, and, and that sometimes it seems crazy. Like someone is coming to you, they're really um, f- 
full of self at that point, like, help me, help me, help me, you know, or or you're having a conversation how crucially they're going to need help. And then you're, like, planting already the idea in them, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to be helping other people, you know, and, and that, like, happens right at the get-go. Um, so it's not like um, like we're tricking them into helping anybody. It, it's right in the doctor's opinion. It's right in our earliest conversations. And, um, yeah, and my attempt to pass this on is really, it really is for me. It's crucial that we help others. You know, I tell tell the person right at the start that um, this this conversation that I'm having with them um, it's helping me. It's good for me. And, um, you know, I was thinking, too, like one of the first um, things that usually comes up when someone um, is going to make the attempt, right, to, to do this work, to start, and you've kind of outlined for them, um, and they, they're putting the food down, um, and they're often going to an event, or they have to go to a place where the food is going to be. And people are terrified. This is like a common early situation um, because they don't know how they're going to navigate their way through these events. And um, so a suggestion that I make, like, right from the start is when you go to this event, when you go to this place, yes, of course, if you're powerless to the food, you're going to make sure that your dietary needs are being met whether that's bringing your food or whatever it is you need to do to be abstinent. But then turn your attention at that event to whom you can be helpful towards. And I tell, like, new people right from the start, if you go to these places with that on your mind, um, it will it will help lessen your desire to eat. Um, and, and you will find that there is someone there that needs your help. And... Um, and that's been something that I've used, you know, every time I go to an event, um, because I'm selfish too. This, this, you know, this remains within me. Um, I have to go with that on my mind. Who can I be useful to at this event? Who might need a friendly face? Who might need their plate held so they can, you know, help their kid with their food? Um, and then, you know, my talk with other people, it's calm, it's full of understanding. And, yes, always to be friendly, you know, because if they're not ready to hear the message now, I don't want to be their enemy because later they might need Time. To Thank you so much with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. And next up is Carolyn S.H. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. Carolyn S.H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in Massachusetts. Um, uh, there are a few things jumping out at me in this paragraph. Let's insert my timer. Um, well, first of all, of course, the um, program of action. And we hear on this line and we study um, in this book, in this meeting, that this is a program of action. It's not... Um, it, 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 we have to do something. It's, it's, um, this is an instruction manual, and, um, and all we're doing is, um, as sponsors, as guides, is outlining the program of action. And it's so good for me to remember that because I very easily um, can forget that and start um, feeling like I'm supposed to be somebody's counselor um, and that it's so not the you know, what's necessary um, and not what anybody needs. Um, 
And it doesn't help me or them if I take that role. Um, another thing that jumped out at me this morning is the word vital, um, that he plays a vital part um, to my own recovery. And um, I remind myself of that all the time, that I'm doing this um, for my recovery. And if I lose sight of that, um, if I start putting uh, my, the 12-step work on a service plane where it says somewhere else in this, um, in this chapter, then I, I start assuming, trying to assume the role of their higher power. And that's, that's very dangerous um, for me and for, for them. Um, uh, the other thing is, is that jumping out at me that seems almost kind of um, uh, accidental or, or not, you know, not the main idea in this paragraph, but that is really important is how you straightened out your path. Um, and that kind of language is peppered out throughout uh, the big book. And there's a phrase somewhere in step 10 about um, uh, straightening out or setting things mad set these matters straight. Um, and I've been studying step 10 recently, and it's not about us making, you know, penance um, and uh, admitting, you know, how awful we are, or, you know, talking about our sins or anything like that. It's about straightening out our past. It's about um, setting our mistakes right. And to, to kind of show that, um, and just explain that's what we're doing here so we can live newly, um, you know, day to day in every moment with our higher power. Um, that's what this is all about. Uh, and one last thing, one last idea I'll end with is um, it was said to me once, and I like this analogy, that I'm just the seeing eye dog, right? I'm just the one kind of leading the way. Um, Time. You know, thank you. Thank you. I'm like all fours, you know. Um, I'm no smarter than anybody else. Um, and that's all I got. Thanks. Thank you so much, Carolyn S.H. And for those of you just joining, or in case you've forgotten, um, we are on page 94 on the first paragraph that says outline the program of action. We just read that one paragraph and commenting on that. Who would like to read or share on that? Jody E.Q. Jody? Nosa J. What was your name? Nosa J. Nelsa? Nosa, N-O-S-A. N-O-S-A. Thank you. Sorry. Tessa Q. Tessa Q. Craig F. Craig Harlan F. G. Harlan G. Anybody else? Well, we'll just stop there. So please read your phone. What was it? Uh, Ramona A. Ramona A. I got you, Ramona. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. So here's our lineup. Jody E.Q., Nosa J., Hessa Q., Craig F., Harlan G., and Ramona A. And we will start with Jody E.Q., followed by Nosa J. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ in California, gratefully recovered. So 
uh, you know, it's such a great asset to have this meeting to help me learn how to approach somebody or to talk to a newcomer. Because from hearing all of you, I, I pick up phrases, I pick up ideas from reading the big book, which is what we're doing. We're studying the big book and it's telling us what to say, how to say it. And we have the program of action right here in the book. So if I'm studying this book, and if I'm reading this book and using it, then I know the program of action. This is the program of action. And if I'm sponsoring someone, all I need to do is go to the book. I don't need to be eloquent like Larry. <laughs> I don't need to be a great, you know, spokesperson. I can just go to the book and turn to this page or turn to that page and read from it. And it spells it out. So that's, that's something to remember if you're afraid to sponsor others. Just remember that all we have to do is guide someone through this book. And that will suffice. I've been asked to go pick up a friend's brother who is right now at the hospital having his toe amputated because of his diabetes. And who knows, you know, maybe will I be able to carry this message to him? Will he be open to it? I don't know. But because of you all, because of this book, there's a chance. There's a little flicker of hope that he may hear something, see something that attracts him. I don't know but it's a possibility. And I'm just grateful to all of you for giving me the example of being a messenger. Uh, and it certainly does help me more than it probably helps people I try to help, unless I'm trying to promote the program and I'm pushing them away. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. Next up, Nosa J, followed by Hessa Q. Good morning, Nosa. Good morning. Um, my name is Nosa, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, today is uh, two days of the food is down today, and I'm working on three. So, um, you know, I reached out to uh, someone the other day, and um, you know, I was scared. I was so scared. And, uh, but I know that I need help. And so um, it was so good to get on here and um, listen to you guys for the last couple of days. Um, I relate to you guys so much. And um, I get to, I get to listen um, and relate and feel like I'm at home. Um, this is an awful, awful disease. And um, I'm so glad that I get to come in here and and um, get better and, and heal. And, you know, I've been praying and, um, you know, that's helped. Um, the first day I was like, Oh, I have this birthday party on Sunday, and they're having cake and pizza and all of this. Like, I have to eat that. And and then today, uh, actually yesterday, 
um, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to take my food or I'm going to eat before and uh, I'm going to make it through. And then uh, Melissa C. saying, you know, um, be helpful. Um, see where I can be helpful when I'm there and not worry about the food and um, pray and I'm going to pray. And, and I know I know that if I just keep taking it one day at a time, it's going to be okay. So that's all I got. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Noza, for sharing. Keep coming back. If you didn't stay on for the second hour, you can give your phone number and you'll get all kinds of calls. So I uh, hope you keep coming back. Next up is Hessa Q, followed by Craig F. Good morning, Hessa. Hessa, are you there? Press star one. Can I be heard? Yes. You're being heard. Well, uh, Craig, are you there? Hello? Uh, yeah, can I be heard? Yes. Oh, okay. I wasn't quite I'm like, ready. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Okay, I'm a, I am Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, if I knew Harlan was going to go, I'd have waited. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, I, I, uh, this is a pretty powerful paragraph of some instructions that I don't often follow. Um, you know, uh, as closely as I should, um, so it's a good reminder. One of the things that is so important, you know, my, uh, my sponsor tells me all the time that uh, at the end of our talk, thank you for helping keep me out of the food for one more day. And, you know, this uh, paragraph stresses that we, we tell the prospect that uh, he's helped you more than you've helped him probably. That, that you know, and, and I, I can imagine uh, how that might feel for somebody coming in new, you know, to say I, I helped by just being here and listening to him. But th that is the truth. You know that that it, it helps me uh, to uh, uh, share this thing. Not not just the practical uh, aspect of reminding myself uh, of where I've been, what happened, what it's like now, but but it, it, there's also a, I think a spiritual side to that. To to um, be humble enough to say this is this is who I was. This is what happened to me and and uh, that I have this program of action that re that that requires me to reach out to others that requires me to in order to to keep it uh, in order to maintain it I have to give it away and uh if I don't uh, live in that then I'm on the slippery slope to relapse and uh I I have to uh, push forward with that every day uh and I have to worry not about who's going to feed me, but about who I'm going to feed spiritually, and, and uh, because that's where my food comes from is is that. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig, for your share. 
is Tessa Q out there? Tessa Q. Okay, well maybe we maybe we lost her. So okay, uh, if everybody will please press star one. I'm hearing a lot of background noise. Um, next up, Harlan G. Followed by Ramona A. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service and thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. Preach the gospel, and if you must, use words. This paragraph is about outlining the program of action, which is the steps, explaining how you made a self-appraisal, step four, how you straighten out your past, eight and nine, and how you are now endeavoring to be helpful to him, 10, 11, and 12. We are looking at somebody that we've already identified with, They've identified with us. We've identified with them. We have established that we speak and understand the language of the heart. But I also have to keep in mind that I sell on the phone every day, and people sell to me every day. And I hear commercials, and I have sales calls made to me, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to be very, very clear here that this person is under no pressure, that if their recovery is not important to them, I do not want to spend my time trying to convince them that it should be. But the most important thing I want to remember here is to be quiet, sane, full of human understanding, and to let them know that if they are working with me, I thank them from the bottom of my heart because they are helping God keep me out of the food for one more day. I cannot replace them in my life. They are irreplaceable. They are God's voices and God's tools. But I do it quietly and I do it sanely. And if they want what I have, we will move forward If they don't want to do this, I leave them alone. I leave them alone. Nothing will convince them as loudly and as assuredly as Oreo cookies. They will, if they are compulsive overeaters, and some of them are not, but if they are compulsive overeaters, those Oreo cookies will beat them down and bring them back into the rooms with their tail between their legs. I believe there should be Dutch doors on the door of every OA meeting with the top nailed shut. And if you don't crawl in, you're probably not going to stay. You've got to crawl in on your belly, willing to do what it takes. And then we can work with you very easily. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you for your share, Harlan G. Next up, Ramona A. Good morning, Ramona. Good morning. Uh, this is Ramona A. in Vermont, a recovered compulsive eater. And this is uh, always an interesting question or thought for me, you know, to, to back up even a little bit that I'm newly returned to Vermont. I grew up here, but I'm newly returned, and I'm returned in a healthy, recovered body. So people who don't know me, Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? 
Yes, I can hear you. Okay, okay. There's some some other thing going on in the phone. Um, please time me. That um, don't you know the attraction isn't immediate. So anyway, but when I call newcomers and when I have newcomers at meetings and and do talk to anybody, then I think of that the phrase that we tell them what life was like before, tell them what happened, and tell them where we are now. And I try not to go into intense detail, you know, and, but just about the, the illness that I have, an, I have an illness, and it's an illness of body and, and mind, you know, and just a few of the incidents that really, really show this. And if it really shows this, and if they identify, then, you know, we keep going. But what happened? A little of what happened, not partic- not in particular, you know, like OA, and not in particular, whatever, but that I found that there was an illness. I found that there was a possibility of hope and, and a solution and, you know, may, may bring in Overeaters Anonymous, but not, not really um, a lot of spirituality at this point. Mm. And what it's like now, you know, some of what it's like, and then how much better I feel and how I'm not attracted to the food. And if they're interested, if they're curious, I answer questions um, and try to try to listen, try to really listen to be at their level what's happening in their mind because I still remember what it's like to be a newcomer and, and to be a new person and to be curious and to not be sure. And I think um, that's, you know, and sometimes people are, you know, come, and sometimes people don't, and I I don't chase them. I, oh, I've done that, but I don't anymore because it certainly has not helped at all. So, um, and, and prayer, I guess, is just, just prayer that somehow you've, I've opened the door a little bit, you know, open an idea in their mind that they will think about, am I really a community? Can this really help? So thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you so much, Ramona A. So we have time for a couple more shares. Who would like to share? On page 94 of the big book in the first paragraph. Who was it? I didn't get the first name, something C. Dawn, like the sunrise, Dawn C. Dawn, thanks, Dawn C. A G. I didn't get your first name, something G. Carmella G. Oh, Carmella. (laughs) Gotcha, Carmella. Blanca B. Is it Lauren? I'm sorry, Blanca B. Blanca. Thank yeah. you, Blanca. Blanca. Okay. Oh, we got you. Okay, we will okay. stop there. That's got all we got time for. So please remute your phone. I'm hearing a lot of background uh, noise this morning, so make sure your phone is press star one and says muted. So we will start with Don C, followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. 
Thanks, everybody. This is Dawn from Sultry, Savannah, Georgia. Um, I love this chapter. I'm really glad that we're reviewing it this month. Um, so I've been in program 20 years. So I've been in program longer than I have not been in program. And I find that every day I wake up, because my brain kind of compartmentalizes, the forgetters really take over. So I need this as much as the newcomer and the relapsed person needs this. And, and we know that. And so for me, I'm extremely grateful when the opportunity presents itself or when I'm able to find the opportunity to do service in this way. And so I've heard everything that everybody has said today and over the past week. And what I want to add is, for me, on my experience, this is what I want to share with people. This isn't like hard work and a job and, oh, my God, this is like we're not a glum lot. Like the great experience for me is that I think I'm a very happy person and I'm funny and I'm like wonderfully quick-witted and that's great. But this disease, even the little bits of it, it can make me very depressed and cranky. <laughs> and I talk about eating with a capital E when I'm completely hijacked by the monster as opposed to eating with a small E when I'm calm and in serenity and spiritually based and the mental, emotional, physical disease and the biological disease. And if they get that, I explain that when I'm in this spiritual cradle of being held from the bottom, that I'm happy and it's fun. What I explain to them is the social, mental, emotional aspect of happiness and peace. And then I explain the nuts and bolts and I shut up, which is not easy for me. Um, and then I just try and glow by example and then listen. Um, and I remember that I'm not just a good talker, that I'm a good listener. And then I pray for that. And going back to the, to the higher power aspect and the praying aspect is actually the hardest thing for me. Like listening to meetings is the easiest. Um, and even like doing meditation is not so hard, but the kind of praying and remembering that like a higher power might help me is the hardest part. So I just kind of share that and I move on. Um, I, I actually usually work starting the second hour of this meeting. So it's very, very rare Time. that I, that I, I'll wrap up. It's very rare that I share or that I'm able to be on the second half. But I do want to say I'm on the Vision for You list. I am available to sponsor and I am available to take calls. I am available very much. So please reach out if you'd like. Thank you. Thank you so much, Don C. Next up, Carmela G. followed by Blanca B. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service, Kelly. Um, the way that I use this part of the book it's a little bit different than the way they did it in 1939 because I'm uh, living in society, and yes, I'm living the steps every single day as an individual uh, and always focusing on maximum service to God and to my fellows. 
and my fellows are not just those in program, but those are all the people that I meet on the street. Um, so people um, don't always know that I'm in a 12-step program. But when I am in a meeting and when I am focusing on sharing in a meeting, I always stay, even if the meeting is not a big book meeting, if it's a literature meeting or any kind of meeting, I always try to bring in the principles and the steps of our program because many people, I've been gifted with five years of abstinence and at least three years of recovery. That is a gift that I had nothing to do with it except the work. I did the work, and the miracle happened for me, and I am grateful for it every single day. So when I attend meetings and I bring in the steps and I bring in the program and step one and step two and how all the steps work in my life and what it was like to go through them, it shows that I am not divine, that I am human, I will always be human, I will always be flawed, and I need to constantly work these steps in order to stay in the sunlight of the spirit and to have the joy. Because in some of the meetings I have attended in this body within the last year or so, people in the meeting look at me and say, What are you doing in this room? I don't believe you were ever a compulsive overeater. They don't know the Carmela that was owned and a slave to that food. They don't know that I project as a free, joyous woman today on the outside and on the inside, whereas that woman six years ago was such a fraud in a 315-pound body thinking that she was wonderful and successful. They don't know that woman, and they only know the woman they're seeing before them. So I have to carry a picture in my phone and show them, this is what I looked like. And they say, no, that's not you, but it is. And I can never forget that. And as my AA fellows tell me, we can never forget the past. So thank you so much for allowing me to share, and thanks for all the shares. I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. Next up is Blanca B. And Blanca, you have about two minutes. All right. Thank you very much. That's fine. Um, uh, Good morning. Thank you, everyone, for allowing me to share. I'm Blanca B. from Orlando, Florida. Um, Someone had shared something at a meeting recently talking about that saying something that was uh, really uh, enlightening to me was that those bad tapes, those negative tapes that run through our our mind and that have run through, the ones that run through my mind and have run through my mind for most of my life, that they become so much a part of my daily thinking of and of my subconscious, I don't even re- hear them anymore. That's how deeply embedded my my negative tapes, <clears throat> the the uh, monkey on my back, that's co- the addiction that's constantly talking to me, 
became so much a part of my life, I didn't even realize it, so deeply embedded. And I just say that as a reminder to myself that my addiction didn't come overnight, and it's not going to disappear overnight. <clears throat> I must keep at this, um, continually keep at it. And I, the wonderful thing about these meetings and newcomers can try to understand is someone already shared is what they get to hear every day and one of the most important messages is that yes this disease addiction leads to only two things insanity or death and sadly i i too am going to have to go to a memorial on sunday from someone who a dear beloved friend who passed away from it was from food addiction so what I like to say to newcomers is <clears throat> work, it takes, it's, it's a simple program, but not an easy one. Keep coming back, keep listening, and your awareness will come. And awareness is so important to start breaking through those negative tapes that seem to never stop. And on that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Bianca. And on that, <clears throat> we will close. So let's see, where are we? Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, August 10th, 2018, is 11774, 11774. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, Will Hoodie R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hey, Hoodie. Good morning, Kelly. This is Hoodie, uh, our a compuls- uh, recovered compulsive overeater um, for today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But, obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.